Paralympic Channel podcast. Figure skater Javi Fernandez comes from Madrid in Spain. He is a two-time world champion and he's nearing the end of his career. Now, let's face it, Madrid, it's not exactly icy, is it? So how did he go from sunny Spain to being king of the ice? Hello, my name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the very best Olympians and we ask them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Olympic Channel Podcast. Coming up, we ask Javier what he thinks of double Olympic champion Yusuru Hanyu. Everything that he does on the ice, he sells really well. Plus, after eight years in Canada, we get the verdict on what the Spaniard really likes best. Spanish jamón or Canadian bacon? I mean, I love bacon. Uh, don't, get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but first... Olympic Channel Podcast. OK, full disclosure, I live in Madrid, and so I know it's hot. It's smack bang in the middle of Spain. It's 100% not near the beach. The air, even when you breathe it, it feels kind of dry, not humid at all. So look, it gets cold in Madrid, but it very rarely gets icy. The people who live here, though, are definitely not cold at all. For a capital city, its residents actually pride themselves on being helpful and friendly. And at first glance, Javier Fernandez just simply looks like other Madrileños. He has a polite, warm demeanour, traits similar to those who live in his home city. In reality, though, Javier is kind of one of a kind. He's almost single-handedly made Spain a world player in a sport that it's not got a huge reputation for being big at in figure skating. He's a two-time world champion, an Olympic bronze medalist, an eight-time national champion and a six-time European champion. His career, though, by his own admission, is coming to a close and he plans to retire after competing in one last European championship. For a long time, Fernandez has dreamed of becoming a coach. Now that opportunity is edging closer and closer. Fernandez is one of a kind, but he's also hoping to take the lessons he's learned from the travels around the world and teach them to a new generation of Spanish skaters. He wants to pass on the wisdom he's picked up from his eight years in Canada, where he trains with Brian Orser, the legend, and double Olympic champion Yusuru Hanyu. Rachel Griffiths spoke to Javi Fernandez when he was in Japan and she started off by asking what exactly are his plans for the future. Olympic Channel Podcast Exclusive. Well, we do have a lot of projects. We're creating a field skating show in Spain. Um, we did it once and we want to make it bigger. We have now um, five cities uh, in November and December. So I think that's a pretty good project that we have. Then. Uh, I'm still doing summer camps for the kids. I've been doing summer camps for quite a, maybe like three, four years, and I want to keep doing that. And long term, I'd like to be a coach. And if it's going to be in Spain or if it's going to be somewhere else, I still don't know. It's still really early for me to say it, but I would like to be at home. I spoke to your coach, Brian Osso, a couple of months ago, and he said you were in a bit of a holding pattern. You were no decisions yet. You're just kind of taking everything as it comes. Can you let us know anything about your future? Are you kind of, I uh, see you're doing shows, but have you thought about this next season coming up yet? And what's the plan for Javier Fernandez? Well, the season coming up, um, 
I actually talked about Brian to maybe do a few more competitions. Um, maybe do a competition here in Japan in the beginning of the season and then maybe do Europeans. Um, but I think that will be it. I think that will be it for me. Um, we gotta be smart and we need to know when, you know, to step away. Field skating had improved a lot in the past years and, and, and yeah, so that will be probably um, my end of my competition's uh, career. I think I'm doing Europeans just because I didn't really got to say goodbye to everybody. And of course, our Olympics is more than figure skating in bold. And that's why I think I choose the Europeans because it's a competition that I've been to Europeans so many times and win European title, um, a lot of them. So I think it was the good um, competition for me to, to be the last. And if you do pursue that coaching career, what have you learned from the man who you've been with for so long, Brian Orser? Well, I think one of the things that I learned the most is that every athlete and every skater, they're different and you cannot treat them the same way and you need to work with them different. And I think that's one of the, you know, one, one of the things I really saw in the sketch roles that you put to every, every athlete or even the day-by-day -day training. It's just, it's not the same for everybody. So you need to really make that work happen and you need to treat every person how they're, you know, everybody's different personally. So I think that's a good point to start. And Brian Arsa is known for training world beaters like yourself, Yuzuru Hanyu, Yuna Kim, now Evgenia Medvedeva. What is it about Brian that is so special? I just think it's the team that uh, Brian has. Um, and definitely how I just explained how he treats every skater differently. It doesn't matter if they're working with the same people. Um, they always treat, he treats them, he treats us different. And I think, you know, when you have a good team, when you have a good schedule, when um, everything, it kind of works well because everything is planned and you know what you're doing the next day and you, you know, it just makes your day-by-day -day training less hard because it's a hard um being an elite athlete it is definitely hard and they're, they're making your day-by-day -day much easier he spoke about his relationship with his skaters and he said with you it's almost a fatherly relationship that he has with you how important was that for you being so far away from home from such a young age having that that kind of figure in your professional life well some some of the skaters actually has their mom or dad they, they actually come to Canada or to Toronto and, and they're with them. But I, in my family, it was never like that. I was always by myself, seems always. Like I, when I left home, my parents stayed at home working and, and I was just pretty much by myself. So having actually a person that it, is more than your coach and you know you, you actually um, hang out for dinner or, or you, you do things together, or he, you know, he cares about you when you're sick. He, he comes um, and he calls me, he's like, oh, do you need something? Do you need medicine? So I can bring them to you. You know, it's just, it's just a good feeling. It's, it's not just a coach relationship. You have something else. You have actually a friendship. And um, just because, as I said, elite sports are really complicated. To have something like this, a connection with your coach that is really good, it makes it much better. So Plushenko has said that Hanyu's the best ever. And mm -hmm. uh, would you agree with that? And what do you think he has that no one else does? Um, I think Yusuru, he's a winner. 
He's a winner. He doesn't take a second or he doesn't take a third. He just want to be the first and he is just really good at that. He sells everything that he does on the ice. He sells really well. And he's an amazing athlete, a great figure skater. Um, I just think, you know, he works a lot and that shows on the competitions. And I, I want to believe, you know, being, a, being that way, being a winner, um, always trying to improve yourself, working really hard is just, you know, the best way to be. And that's why he had been in the top for a long time. And a lot of other skaters, uh, they can't, you know, they cannot be for like four, five, six years on the top. It's, it's a hard job to do. And I did it. He did it. A lot of skaters did it, but not everybody can do it. And you moved away at such a young age from Spain to Canada. <clears throat> you must have missed it. Were you homesick? I've been for eight years in, in Toronto and they treat me amazing. But then, you know, when you go home, when you, you know, you miss it. Home is always going to be home. And then when you're away for so many months, you want to go back or you want to spend time with your friends, your family. Uh, you want to be on vacations in your place or at Christmas and be with your family. That sometimes we're not even allowed to, to go in Christmas. So that's uh, one of the things um, I'm really excited about. When I have a time off, I like to spend a long time at home and just you know go back to to how it used to be uh, years and years ago when I was able to spend like full months um, just at home. You're obviously from Spain. It's not known for its much for its winter sports or for its figure skating in particular. Why? How did you choose figure skating when you were young? How did you first get into that? Got into figure skating because of my, of my sister. She decided to go um, to take lessons in an ice rink in Spain, in Madrid. And then I went with my parents to pick her up a few times. And then, you know, after a little while, I just, I just liked it. So I told my parents I wanted to do figure skating with my sister. And that's why I started. I was six years old. And I've heard uh, the comparison like the Billy Elliot. You were very young and you really wanted to do this. You were the only kid doing it, especially the only boy doing it. Um, do, you, do you agree with that comparison? When you put a new sport in, in a new country, there is a lot of comments and there is a lot of ideas about uh, the sport. And those, those comments can be good ones or it can be like not as good. But then I was kind of like a person that didn't really care. I had like my life doing figure skating and then I have my life being outside and in the school or with my friends. So. I just, you know, I think everybody have their own idea. At the end of the day, um, we just want everybody to have their own idea, but we, you know, it's just, they need to have the right idea also. So I think we transferred that to the people really well. And um, it's 2018 and the people already start to change their mind about everything. So, you know, I'm pleased that the work that we're doing at home, because it's a new sport, is uh, the people is getting it. What will be for you the proudest moment out of everything you've done? To achieve, to arrive that, that far. Um, when I was a kid, I, I was never the kind of person that thought about, you know, being a greatest skater or being one of the top skaters in the world. I never thought about that uh, until I was maybe almost like 19, 20. That would be, I think, my, the thing I would be more, more proud of. And I did have hard times because I've been away from home since I was 17. And of course, um, I need to, I was, my parents were not there. I, my people was not there. And 
I in some sometimes it was it was tough. So you know, getting through all the experience and arriving that far, I think that will be that will be the most you know the most uh, proud thing I will be by myself. What were the main differences living in Canada to living in Spain? Well, uh, the winter. <laughs> That's one of the things. Because of the weather, we have more an out, like more outside world. Let's say you you have more patios, or you can sit uh, outside. And and I'll say, in Toronto, is is uh, they don't have that much of that because you know, December is really short. But it's just different. Um, I really like some of the things from Canada and from Toronto. Um, so many people from different places. They have uh, an amazing lake, you know, houses, cottages, and then um, I'm always really, really excited to do, you know, just like a little escape or like a weekend in the lakes. Um, but then at home, of course, it's just my home. Like, I got my food, you know, I love the food, I love the weather, I love the people. It's just it's different. And I've got to ask about the, you know, Canadians famous for their bacon. You've got the jamón in Madrid. Which would you choose? I'll choose the ham. I'll choose the, the jamón from Spain. It's just, it's just so good. It's just so good. I mean, I love bacon. Uh, don't, get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, um, but the jamón is, is so special. Jamón every time. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I want, you touched on it earlier, but I want to talk about Revolution on Ice. Um, that's the, the ice show that you're uh, organizing yourself and performing in. In Spain, of course. Um, how is the planning going for Revolution on Ice? It's going well. It's going well. It's a lot of work, um, and we're actually we only had three um, three cities, and now we have five cities. Um, this isn't something new that we're doing in Spain. We did it December two thousand sixteen for the first time, just one show in Madrid, and now we're doing five. So it's a good improvement. Five all around Spain, in one in in each city that we choose. Um, it's a lot of work, it's, uh, it's, it's a big project for us. It's a lot of money invest in. want to make a figure skating show that is going to build the sport, is going to build the show, and it's just going to give the people a different idea of how you can actually do figure skating and put it into like a real, a real show. Like you go to see a circus and you know you're going to see a show. That's what we're trying to to build in Spain. Um, and yeah, it is a lot of work, but I think it's gonna be a good success just because we did it and we saw the reaction from the people and we wanna keep building, making it better and bigger. And that show is gonna have elements, traditional Spanish elements like flamenco within the, what, how do you make that decision to include that kind of Spanish element? Does it come very naturally to you? It is not something that um, you you born knowing to do. Uh, you really need to work if you you know it's, it's just a dance at the end of the day. And flamenco is just our one of our dances. It um, will have live music. It's gonna have a little bit of flamenco. Like we also have a project to come to Japan and do maybe like a flamenco show also. But that that will be in the future. But it's gonna be mainly just bring the top skaters in the world. Um, bring really good singers, live singers, and just try to create something that nobody has seen even in field skating world. We want to come up with something they are like, oh, I want to go to Revolution on Ice because in this show I can see something that I cannot see in other shows. So um, that's why it's a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs>
And is there anything looking back on your career that you would have done differently? You know, I don't have so much of regrets in my career. I think I've always, uh, I've, everything I've done is because I wanted to do it. Um, I work hard for everything I've done. And, you know, I arrived really late, really far just because, you know, I had great people around me. I put a lot of effort into, into the skating. And so I don't think I'll change anything. I, I really don't. Thanks so much to Javi for giving up his time and also to Rachel there too. Olympic Channel Podcast. So we are super proud here at Olympic Channel to let you know about our new doc, Shredding Monsters Mavericks. It's a surf film featuring the best surfers as they face the biggest waves in the adrenaline-filled world of big wave surfing. It follows big wave surfing legend Garrett McNamara as he returns to the Mavericks in Half Moon Bay, California, to face the world's most infamous waves for the first time since a devastating wipeout in the same spot two years earlier that nearly ended his career. Here's a clip. The doctor said that I may never surf again. It's not joking surfing here. Uh, everybody's scared. Right, look at this wave! Oh my god! Go! 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 I think that means game on. Really, it is a dangerous place, and you gotta be smart. We've had a few deaths out there. Look up! I don't think there's anything scarier than a cold, big wave. Choose wisely and be careful when you come. You gotta be ready to hold your breath for a while. So if you throw in Shredding Monsters Mavericks and Olympic Channel into a search engine, then it should come up there for you. So before we go, we had some really nice responses about the last episode with swimmer Cleet Keller. He went from winning gold with Michael Phelps to sleeping in his car and homeless. It was a real eye-opener for me. I literally couldn't believe his story and it was truly inspirational to talk to him. He's not in his car anymore, by the way. He is in the process of rebuilding his life. That was the last episode of the podcast. Sam Friedman got in touch to say he's listened to it twice, which was really nice to hear. If you want to get in touch, then we are at Olympic Channel across all social platforms. Now, for a podcast recommendation, I listened to the Rich Roll podcast and he had on recently Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, who is super passionate about changing people's lifestyles in order to eradicate disease. Big aims, but the things he recommends are like super small. For example, turn off your phone 20 minutes before bed or do two minutes of meditation a day. Small things with big results, that's his argument. I loved it. Anyway, if you liked today's podcast, then you should subscribe as then you won't miss another one. And also it helps us out. 
And if you can find the time, then give us a big five-star rating on iTunes and write a little review. That helps me out too. It's like giving me a birthday present, but it costs you like two minutes and makes me extremely happy. Okay, thanks for listening. Until next time. Think like an Olympian.